Hey everyone, and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm Nicole Kamanjian. I'm here with Cody Richard and the host of this show, Jeff Rappaport. This is episode 222, and today we're going to be covering the current state of the market, specifically residential, and how creative financing can be used. While listening to this episode, if you guys have questions, please head over to the Creative Financing Podcast Facebook group. If you're not part of the community, just search the Creative Financing Podcast in Facebook and ask to join. There will be a live session on the second Thursday of every month, so bring your questions. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can ask your questions in the comments below. If you're getting value from this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to the show. We also want your feedback, so please rate and review wherever you listen. Awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Yeah, Jeff, this one I this one was spawned by me. I just have not been through a cycle. I've been yep. doing this about two years full-time. Um, the only weird part I've experienced is that it was during COVID, but I've not seen a market go through a upswing. I wasn't around for 08, 09. So I want to hear your perspective and especially relating to creative financing, how it's going to be affected. So I guess for starters, what do you think is going to happen in 2022? Do you think interest rates keep going up, prices go down, or where do you think generally it's going to go? So first of all, this is purely speculative and uh, my best guess. I believe that interest rates will continue to rise through most of this year, if not through the entire year. Uh, that my guess is, is by the end of the year, we'll be in the high sixes, low 7% range. And yes, it will have an effect on real estate, but it probably will have an effect more by market than in general. The markets that it's going to affect a lot are the higher priced markets, um, like your California uh, I, I want to say Utah, um, but I, I, I will say more Idaho than Utah. And the reason that I say that is Idaho is considered, when I say Idaho, more specifically like Boise. Boise is considered the most overpriced city in the entire United States right now. And uh, I've seen huge appreciation and uh, um, pretty much the same kinds of things that have happened with Utah, which is a lot of Californians selling their properties for millions of dollars and moving to uh, Idaho and Utah and being able to buy properties for a fraction of that um, and have more land and for um, uh, don't have the same tax issues that they would be in California. The, the one thing that is protecting both potential markets is the job growth and that they continue to have more and more people move to those markets and there's really a shortage of housing. And so that, that might insulate both markets from seriously having a major downturn, but the, the real key, in my opinion, is affordability. And uh, in both markets, affordability is not there. The, the rental market and the home buying market are really unaffordable compared to what people make in those markets. So I personally think that what you're going to see is a rise in inventory. 
you're going to see um, houses sitting on the market longer. You're not, you're no way going to see the same multiple offers on properties. Um, and you're going to start to see a shift being, it's going to become more of a buyer's market than a seller's market. What that will do to values will st still remains to be seen. And th there are extenuating circumstances, right? Inflation, recession, potential, uh, the rising of everything, right? Food and gas and uh, the war in Ukraine. And uh, there's uh, the stock market and crypto plunging. There are a number of extenuating circumstances that could change this from more of a slowdown and a slight drop to a crash. And we'll just have to wait and see. But I think that ways that you need to be aware of is that one, you got to stop thinking that everything is just going to keep going up and up. Like you can't buy something or put something under contract and think that, the market's going to bail me out in 90 days or 180 days, whatever. Um, if anything, you should probably be going in with, I'm going to give myself a little extra cushion based on that the market could be going down by the time that I turn around. Um, and obviously, one of the things that we're, we're, we want to talk about on our show is, you know, interest rates just had a major jump yesterday. Um, you know, I'm not sure what it translates into mortgage rates, but uh, mortgage rates are hovering around 6% right now um, for an owner-occupant for, um, uh, you know, being a good credit uh, buyer. And uh, so... 6% uh, on these inflated prices makes things really uh, unaffordable. But obviously the, the key that, that I believe is using creative financing and more. And right now I think we're in a bit of a transition uh, residential wise that the message hasn't gotten out to everyone yet. Um, they will as things start to slow down. They're not you know, jumping off the market. And there may be price ranges that still do, right? So um, it might be on the lower end. It might actually be in the middle end, depending on what market you may be in. Um, but the markets that will continue to kind of be stable are probably the good cash flowing markets. And uh, where people are still moving, where new jobs are being um, created. Uh, but now I think we got to be careful of the affordability. So I don't know if that answers your question totally, um, Cody, but yeah, I, I personally think that creative financing is going to play a much larger role than even the last several years. Okay. That makes sense. And just briefly on cash offer. So it sounds like start to be a little bit more conservative. So if you were doing ARV times 0.83 minus repairs and all that stuff, maybe do ARV times 0.8 just to give yourself some wiggle room. You can try to sell it for the same price, but if you need to reduce it, you have that room to do it now. Is that fair to say? Um, again, it'll be more of a market specific, mm -hmm. right? But 
Um, I, I would tell you that wherever you have been, you know, in the last few months, and if you're using some kind of equation like Cody just mentioned, I'd probably start 5% less. And uh, so if, you're, if you've been selling, if you're able to sell something at, you know, ARV times 0.82 or 83 minus repairs, then um, I, I would expect that I'd be selling it at 0.78, um, which means that I probably need to get it at a better price myself, whether I'm wholesaling okay. it, I'm retailing it, whatever I may be doing. And certainly if you're looking at, you know, any kind of like rental, single family, um, small multifamily, uh, now the goal should be is where, you know, can this property afford um, the kind of debt service that I may be getting when, you know, I, I have to go get a permanent finance, a conventional loan? Can I afford five and a half, six, six and a half percent? Will that still make sense? And if it's close, you might want to really push to get a little better price. Okay. So and go ahead. Um, Jeff, so I know like when we make creative financing offers, sometimes we are able to give them like the market value or sometimes a little more. Um depending on how you structure it, right? Are you still willing to do those things? Um like with the interest rates where they are and uh, I guess looking forward, like you just mentioned, like if you have to refinance and stuff, like does it still make sense? So it really depends what I'm trying to do with the house. So what 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 I always like to do is I, I want to look at what my exit strategies are, right? So uh, if I'm looking at a single family home and the goal is I want to sell this property to an owner occupant, then chances are that uh, I, I'm not as worried about the price. What I'm probably more concerned about is one of two things, what the payment is and what the term is, right? Because even if it's a little overpriced, if I can offer it for a longer term, then we, we can offset that. And, uh, and if I can get a better interest rate, which would mean a better monthly payment, um, more people are going to be concerned about the down payment and the monthly than the purchase price. So uh, if I'm looking at renting that particular property, then you know, I'm going to look at, again, the term, because where will that put me when my term comes up? Because uh, if prices drop a little bit, um, does it still allow me to refinance the property that, you know, 75, 80% loan to value, or will I have to bring more money to the table? And you know, I, I'm going to look at potentially, hey, will this cash flow at an interest rate of you know, five and a half, six, six and a half percent in three years, five years, seven years, because hey, that, that's what we could be looking at. Can you protect yourself in all cases? It's going to be hard, right? But, but we, we don't know what the future is going to bring. But um, I, I, I would look at it in a number of different ways based on what my potential exit strategies are and then try to structure terms in a way. 
you, you can start adding clauses that would be something like, hey, I, I, maybe I have a five-year term and based on my five years, I feel like I'll be at that 75, 80% range where I can refinance. But maybe you add a clause um, that the term continues based on you know uh, having the property appraised and being at that 75% loan to value or less. That way, hey, if, if prices have come down a bit, that you're not stuck in a position where you'd have to bring more money to the table and pay a higher interest rate, which would kind of be catastrophic in a lot of cases. So, And I feel like that would be useful for both rental and owner occupants, right? To give sure. them, make sure you're not putting an owner occupant in a position where three years down the road, they can't pay the balloon. Yeah, you, and I would try to get away from all the shorter term kind of financing and try to push for longer term. Um, one, it, it, it will fit better with all the Dodd-Frank and Safe Act rules already. But two, that, yeah, you're not, putting yourself or a potential buyer in a position where the refinancing is going to be difficult, if not impossible. So when you say shorter term, you're thinking it should be five plus years going forward, get rid of the two, three, four year. Yeah. The, 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 the goal will really be depending on what the property is, like where it is, you know, what kind of price are you offering? Um, all of that kind of stuff that, um, to me, the, the, probably the most important thing that you can get right now is a longer term. Um, I, I know people will think that, hey, as interest rates rise, that we on the acquisition side will be forced to pay a higher interest rate. Yeah, that, that is absolutely not true. Um, I, you may choose to do so, uh, but that, that is not the case. Um, uh, as interest rates rise, I just got a, a deal with no interest for five and a half years. So um, there's don't think that just because interest rates are rising, you have to start offering a higher higher rate of interest. Um, if you follow our podcast, you, you know about my hybrid interest rate and it does not climb as interest rates climb. You know, I'm, I'm not making a hybrid rate at three and a half percent when I've been doing two and a half. The reason it was two and a half to begin with is that uh, when I started that whole thing, it was that was around what the what we call the lowest federal interest rate. And uh, so as long as it matches the lowest federal interest rate or above, it's fine. So, but if we're paying six, six and a half percent, I'm not offering four, five, six, seven percent. Um, yeah, I just had a seller ask me, he wanted 6% and I said, no, not happening. Property, if you want 6%, I got to take out $500,000 off the purchase price. So um, up to you, which one would you rather have? Okay. And I was curious on the, the very short term. So I know we make the short term owner financing offers that are more for rehabbers. Where do you stand on that? Because I felt less confident in those three to five years offers. And it's good to know contingency you could put in and kind of spread that out further. Yep. But I'm not sure with how volatile it could be, 
how those short-term financing offers would go? Really good question. Um, to me, the, the short-term finance offer follows the cash offer, right? So if you're dropping your cash offer, you know, three to five, 7%, then you know, the short-term financing offer is following suit. Now, it's always going to be a little higher than the cash offer. And uh, what I would do, this me personally, is that I'd come in even less with cash and um, and have a bigger difference between the two. Um, because really, for me, I'd much rather have the short-term owner finance offer, right? Because um, not, not only am I having to not play the whole game of finding private or hard money and, and paying the higher rates and the potential points that um, one, I'm going to get into more properties because I'm passing on some of the savings to the seller, right? So, and I might create principal only payments or no payments during the, the six months, eight months, year, whatever it may be. And uh, that, that, that's helpful to me. One of the other things I would tell you, and we're, we're certainly not there yet, but for the last several years, we're taking what the seller wants and trying to figure out a way to give it to them, right? Um, and that, that, that mindset will always get you more deals. But as the market shifts more, we're probably having to give less of what the seller wants and the seller is going to have to take more of what we're offering if that makes sense um so understanding kind of the balance there um uh at some point creative financing is is like a cash offer at some point the the answer is no i can't do that right um and Understanding where that no needs to be is is a very important thing when the market is is kind of shifting um, because we, we don't want to go overboard, right? It's kind of easy when it goes up and up and up. It's like, yeah, I'll give you, you know, retail plus, but um, because more than likely in three years, five years, whatever, it's worth even more now, right? And maybe significantly more. Uh, going the other way, you know, we want to be a little more careful, a little more cautious. So you're you're saying that it might get it might get a little easier to make these creative financing deals with sellers. I'm not you're saying that I think it will be. I am saying it will be. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the reason I say that is that. Um, we, we have been fairly successful in getting creative financing deals accepted in the, the best market of all time, right? Where literally no one really needs to do owner finance to the point where people will need to. And uh, uh, my guess is, is that there will be a point sooner rather than later where there are people that are upside down, right? That uh, don't have any equity in their property. But the one thing that they do have is a really good interest rate and a good payment 
and that may still allow us to create deals on properties that really had little to no equity. Yeah, so we can still take advantage as, uh, I guess, with those creative financing offers of those low interest rates that we've been seeing up until this point. That's right. And uh, that should really spur the creative finance um, movement, really, for the next uh, foreseeable future, because how low interest rates were, how many people bought, how many people refinanced over the last five years, um, when interest rates are 4% less. What about, okay. cause I know a lot of people took out like HELOCs as well, Jeff, like what if, um, what about if you came across someone and I guess this may, it might be too hypothetical, but they have that low interest rate, but then they also pulled out a HELOC on their, uh, on their home mm-hmm. and took out all the equity. So Really, the the thing that you need to know about the HELOC is that, hey, initially, well, first of all, one, and I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't plan on this because I don't expect this really to happen. But back in two thousand eight, when everything crashed, banks were calling HELOCs and lines of credit due, right? That uh, even though they weren't due, they're like, pay it back now. Um, we have the right to, you know, have you pay it back. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry about that because I, I don't know how you plan for that kind of stuff. But if you were doing some kind of owner finance subject to or, you know, wrapping a, a deal, a property that has a HELOC, know where it is in terms of, okay, how long will it remain interest only? And what will happen when it turns to principal and interest? Because and th- th- that should be an issue no matter what, whenever you're dealing with a HELOC. That would also be, you know, the, the one loan that I would absolutely stay away from is any kind of variable rate. Um, variable rates are shooting through the roof. Um, you know, the, there may be an exception to that, that there are some like 10-year variable rates where, you know, they're fixed for seven or 10 years. If the exit strategy is prior to that, then not a big deal. But um, if you're going to get past that, you got to know what what will happen to that particular note. Makes sense. Anything else? Anything else that uh, we should cover in terms of residential? Uh, Personally, I see that. Uh, I expect that you will see an uptick in pre-foreclosures. Um, pre-foreclosures are uh, you know, a lot of creative finances structured around pre-foreclosures. I expect that there that, that will just grow. Um, I don't know about the whole tsunami um, coming of pre-foreclosures, but uh, I, I expect that that will increase over some time. Uh if we start seeing a downturn to some degree, people could be underwater. That that will either create more defaults or pre-foreclosure kinds of uh, uh, opportunities. So being able to understand how to deal with those creatively 
we'll just get you more deals. And I, I was speaking to uh, a coach of mine earlier today, and he said to me that, that I thought this, this was interesting. He said, I really foresee less being able to be a great marketer going forward. Um, but I see more of being a great, being able to structure offers and create solutions being much more important going forward. So um, that may be true. We'll see. I think yeah, it's they, true in general. Yeah. Like that statement. Yeah. Marketing definitely helps keep deals coming in, but I, I do appreciate you doing this. I think the biggest worry for me was just the uncertainty being yeah. that I hadn't been through a cycle and it sounds like just learning to structure deals around that uncertainty. So creating the longer terms, making sure you check that you can refinance at certain points, depending on where the interest rate could be. So that brings me some more comfort in writing offers going forward. And give yourself a cushion, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, even though you may lose out on a few deals because others aren't putting that cushion in, uh, so be it, right? Um, uh, there, there were plenty of people that have invested in the last few years that uh, have invested successfully because the market was on their side. And uh, we will see because there are a tremendous amount of investors in the real estate space that have never seen the downturn. And uh, we'll, we'll see how they handle it. And I guess the last thing I'm curious about, are there any different conversations you're having with sellers knowing that the market is going to be having increased interest rates and likely going down in price to kind of open their eyes to it? Or is it yes. more of a wait and see and keep following up with them? So I never want to be rude or offensive, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I, personally to me, some of these people are, we're, we're in what I call a transition phase, which is um, where it is still getting around. Like it, I'm pretty sure almost every seller knows interest rates are on the rise, mm -hmm. right? Um, even um, property owners that have realtors have been informed that interest rates are on the rise. However, that they may not be totally, they still may be in the dark about well, what does that do to the value of my property? And as we go a little more and a little more, a little more time passes, they will see what, what happens to their property. So to me, it's, I'm always asking the question, and this question may not have been as pertinent the last several years is, hey, if you don't get the property sold, what do you do now? And, uh, you know, when we're dealing with commercial properties, um, whether it's me or acquisition manager, uh, I'm 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 pushing the the envelope with them. I am telling them, uh, you know, hey, th this may be the best offer that you ever get. Um, or when we're talking again in three four months, you know, you're not getting the same offer again, and uh, and they got to know that and. Uh, or when they start presenting numbers and the, those numbers don't work, right? Uh, they, they're not thinking through the numbers. They're like, well, I should be able to get 6% or I should get you know, this much money down. It's like, um, work the numbers. Tell me if that works. How much cash flow is left? So 
I, I am going to have a little more frank conversations with sellers. Um, uh, not rude, because I always want to leave the, the door open for follow-up. Um, and I think you will see a lot of deals, whether the follow-up is a few weeks or a month or two or several months, that people may think they know, but they don't really know right now. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good point about having that conversation nicely. Yeah. Like the market's that, changing that a lot. Of, yeah. Yeah. If the market's changing a lot, when we have this conversation a few months on the road, I'll stay in touch, but our offer is likely not going to be this good. Oh, and you, you could say it in such a way that um, I really hope that you're right. And I hope you're able to get every last penny for your house. I've been around real estate for a while now and um I unfortunately don't see that and um, would love to be able to help you, but I can't help you if we're not on the same page as in terms of what's going on in the market. Yeah, that's a, it's a great way to put it. I'll definitely listen back to that, write it down and put it in my, my script. <laughs> Again, don't be rude, but get your point across. People, people like when people are, upfront and honest with them, even sometimes when they don't want to hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. All right. So this went way longer than I would have thought. So let's wrap this up, Nicole. Um, if you, we're, we're going to do another episode and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do it on commercials. So um, tune in for that one and go out and create some terms. Mm -hmm.